Arlen Hamilton wrote a book called It's About Time. Arlen's an entrepreneur. Arlen is, is a, a thinker. She was moved by your story and just wanted to, to holler at you for a minute. Hey, how you doing, Willie? Oh, man, do you recognize that voice? I think you do because I put it in the title of this episode. Will Smith. Wow. <laughs> Today has been cool. I have to say that. I have to say I woke up to a very cool day. Uh, Will Smith, I was uh, fortunate enough to be invited to be on his show, was able to gift something to someone who is just doing amazing things. So check that out. Shout out to Willie Ray uh, Barbecue. You can check out the show Will From Home, which airs originally on a Snapchat and then clips of it are all over the place has a few million uh, viewers every single episode, and so just uh, an honor to be part of it. Um, and the other episodes are so good, too. you got to check out Mondays and Tuesdays. Their episodes were amazing. So that was just a clip from it. I wanted, <laughs> wanted you all to hear him say my name, and he said I was a thinker. So, I mean, it's done. It's done. Um, so that was really cool. I'll answer any questions you may have about that. This episode is also the very first time we're bringing somebody back officially uh, for that second interview that I'm always promising people. And uh, Diana Domena, Broadway producer, one of the main producers of a new Broadway play called Thoughts of a Colored Man. I think this is going to be an incredibly successful play uh, on Broadway and beyond. And so I wanted to bring you some information about it, some behind the scenes information from the source's mouth and wanted to give you that right away. So we recorded it today, Wednesday, December 16, 2020, and I'm dropping it today. So you got, you got me on Will Smith and then you got the conversation with Diana Domena. If you have not yet listened to the first episode, the first recording we did together, um, go check it out. You you don't have to listen to it to get what's going on in this one, but um, either before or after, you might want to check it out because it's really, really good. And it was just a few weeks ago, so you can search back. I hope everybody's doing all right. Um, hope everybody has some sort of break coming up. I wish that for you all. It's been an incredible, incredible year. <laughs> and incredible, meaning unbelievable. Good and bad. So I hope that um, today, this week, this month is treating you well. And if it's not, then I hope that this is a little bit of sunshine for you on, on, on a darker day. Thanks everybody. All right, Diana. Hey, how are you? I'm doing all right. I'm. Uh, it's it's a it's an interesting day just because I'm in Will Smith land right now. <laughs> I saw that. That's so great. That is. It's 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 something else. It's like a 360 moment, or yeah, it's something full circle moment. What? Uh, why? What does it mean to you? Well, I just grew. What kind of my formative years were were watching The Fresh Prince, and then as a young adult, when I was facing such a such hardships. He, he always had some very encouraging words that I would listen to on loop, you know, in his interviews. There was even like a 10-minute uh, video that was created back when in my 20s, I believe, and, and I would watch it, and it was just like this 
rousing pep talk. And then, of course, pursuit of happiness. Um, a lot of times people um, have said that I was the, the female version of pursuit of happiness. And I've met the person it's, uh, af- you know, was, was modeled after and but never met Will. So getting to talk to him and to feel so at ease with him and so proud of him in a way, um, it just, it was just, it was re- really cool. And I have this weird feeling that we're going to be working together again. I don't know anything. I'm not saying that because I know anything. I just have this feeling that he and I are going to do things together to catalyze other people. I always trust that intuition, mm. always. Um, mm. And and also, you and I both very much believe in manifesting things, yeah. right? You write your own headlines. Um, I have very um, intentional thoughts mm-hmm. about things I want to do, projects, partners. Um, in fact, my my friends, my kids' friends laugh about it. They're like, uh-oh, watch what you say, because the next thing you know, Mrs. Domeno will be bringing it through the door. Um, right. So I think there really is something to that. And if it's a strong feeling for you, I'll just sit back and wait for you to tell me you're going to do a project with Will Smith. Because <laughs> that's how that will go. Man, yeah, and it's, it's, I think it's, I think what it comes down to is that it's his focus, you know, because we talk about, I talk about in the book, Um, you know, having, being able to manifest, but also executing. And I think when you think things through and you allow yourself to say things out loud and to put things down on paper and really believe those things, it gives you this focus to then execute on it. And, and um, that's, you know, what separates the two is, is execution. Right. Well, it's, it's concretizing. I know that's my, my father was a, um, an, in college English professor and he would hate that I just did that, but, um, Oh, well, he wouldn't he would have, have liked concretizing? No, no he would have said, fantastic. you can make concrete an idea, yeah. you can, but you cannot concretize, but I'm going to concretize, <laughs> um, because that's what you're talking about, right? You're talking about, it's not enough to stay at the thinking, dreaming, imagining phase, it's then you actually have to get to push through and do the thing. And I think a lot of people do um, lose, lose steam there somehow. Um, so I think that is something about Will Smith that is incredible is that he has always had a vision for himself, when you think about how young he was doing Fresh Prince, um, have you seen the reboot? I haven't seen it yet. It's a reunion. 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 It's absolutely fantastic. Oh, it I can't is, wait. It is amazing. It's amazing. So yeah, he has that energy. He always has. He's always had that make his own way, make it happen mm-hmm. for himself, make it rain kind of attitude um, yeah. that I too really love about him. So. Well, um, Diana, you are, you have the distinction with your first million, as far as I remember, of being the only guest that has now appeared twice. <gasps> I am so honored. <laughs> wow. Yeah, because you are, you know, I, I sometimes I say it at the end of interviews, I'm like, we have to get you back because, you know, someone, because the interview, we just got started. But this would be the first time that that's happened. And I hope it's the first of many um, conversations with you and also with our past guests to see how they're doing. Um, because I know the listeners are so 
they just pay such close attention to that and they they rally for those for those guests and and vice versa and so i thank you for coming back and we just have so much to talk about (laughs) thank you so much for having me back and thank you to your listeners for their loyalty to you but also their willingness to you know go on part two of of our journey together yeah Um, so hi to your listeners and Thank you so much for having me back. Yeah. So if anybody missed the first time around, it was a few weeks ago, Diana Demina is a, is it Demina or Demina? Demena. 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 Diana Demena is a Broadway producer, among other things. And I think that is just um, really interesting. And I've just taken a, a liking to learning more and more about producing. And, and you know what happens when I get ideas, y'all, when I get curious about stuff. So let's see what happens. Um <laughs> But but what was so cool is that during our last our first interview, you I think you alluded to it or you may have even mentioned it, but you alluded to there's going to be this big announcement that comes out. Yeah. And sure enough, just a few days after we dropped your last interview, a big announcement happened. I'd love for you to talk to us a little bit more about it. Absolutely, I'm thrilled. Uh, so. Uh, there is a play that my partners, uh, Brian Moreland and Ron Simons and I have been developing called Thoughts of a Colored Man. And it is by a first time Broadway playwright named Keenan Scott II. Um, and we have been waiting for the Broadway shutdown to sort of reset what the industry is gonna look like and how it might come back. Um, There's been a lot of uncertainty. It's been incredibly painful for artists and theater makers. Our industry has not received any industry specific help or support. So it has been an absolutely devastating time. The one piece of incredible news um, is that our show, Thoughts of a Colored Man, is the first show to be assured a theater when Broadway reopens. We will be the first new play in the comeback season, which is a big deal. That is a huge deal. Did you have something to do with that? Or did somebody have pull some strings? How did that happen? So it's really based on the quality of the play. Um, there There are three organizations, all of which are private, and they control most of the Broadway real estate, the theaters themselves, right? So our business exists in a zone, in a geographical zone, and it's 41 buildings. um, And those, the majority of those are owned by three privately held um, organizations. And so getting a theater is a huge hurdle for productions and producers. Um, There are always more shows than there are theaters. Well. Not always, there have been ebbs and flows, but in in my career, there have always been more shows than theaters. And so you as a producer are, are competing with other shows to get a theater. So getting a theater is a huge um, triumph and it's the, probably one of the producer's biggest jobs. It's not something where you can pull strings or where relationships alone will guarantee you anything. Um, What has to happen, the secret sauce of getting a theater is that the theater owner has to believe that your show will be successful. So the the getting a theater is in effect the the blessing of the industry that says this show is going to be a hit. 
it's the stamp of approval from yeah. the gatekeepers, literally in this case, the gatekeepers, they have the keys to the doors of the theater. Um, and, and there are a lot of shows competing for those theaters. So the fact oh, that cool. they oh. have seen the value in this show is it's a it's a huge step for a production. In your last interview, you also said that you were spending this time during COVID to shore up infrastructure, to really plan and strategize. Do you think that had something to do with this coming out the gate so strong and also that kind of having such a high quality content to deliver? Yes, absolutely. Um, so as you know, in just in September, just three months ago, um, I added two colleagues to my company, two other producers. So I expanded um, during the shutdown. And I firmly believe that the success that we're having already with Thoughts of a Colored Man, even before we've opened, um, the interest in it, the amount of attention that it's getting, um, that is absolutely part of having expanded and not contracted when the industry was contracting. Um, we are flooded with projects at Plate Spinner um, where everyone wants to get on our dance card. We're being shown unbelievably interesting projects. Um, our phones never stop ringing. And that is because we put ourselves out there and we, we sort of put our flag deeper into the ground and grew when it was understandable that people were afraid and might have contracted and cut back. And because we were able to do that, um, I think it increased our profile in the industry a great deal. Um, and I think it has a lot to do with the confidence that the industry has in this show. You, you had an uh, abundance mindset and it reminds me of a conversation I had with Mark Cuban back in April where a lot of people were scared and he and I were trying to get across to entrepreneurs that this is a great time to um, focus and also even invest in growing and, you know, mindfully. And what he said was, you know, you can get really scared and kind of contract, like you just said, or you can put, you can, you can become even more uh, convicted in what you're doing. And this is my interpretation of what he said, but you can be more convicted. And as you say, stake your ground and really invest both monetarily and kind of um, uh, just with your own conviction mm -hmm. with what you do. And so that's paying off. Let's talk about the play itself. Two things yes. jumped out at me. One was the title and um, the, 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 the model of it, because that sounds interesting. So I'd love for you to, to expand on that so we can get some of our listeners into the seats because we want sure. them to see it. The other is I happen to notice that Samira Wiley is on, um, listed as one of the co-producers. And I would love to learn a little bit more about um, your relationship with, you know, more of the celebrity types who come in and, and, and how they contribute. So whichever you'd like to start with, it would be great. Sure. So let's talk about the play. Um, so it is an ensemble piece, meaning that it is a group of Black men. It's set in a single day in Brooklyn, and it is the story of their lives as they intertwine. Um, and it it is it, we follow these seven men as they go through a single day, and they allow us to see 
their everyday lives, which doesn't sound terribly exciting until you realize that normalizing black people's lives is radical. That is a radical storytelling move. This is not about their trauma. This is not about dysfunction. This is not about poverty. This is about everyday men's lives, what matters to them, what they fear, what they feel, what they love, what they talk about, um, their families, their relationships, their histories, their work, um, and, and how they talk to one another, how they relate to one another, and how their lives, you know that game Cat's Cradle that you used to play when you were a kid where you'd weave the string mm -hmm. on your finger? It, it's, that's what their lives are. And that's what everybody's lives really are. But the playwright, Keenan Scott, rightfully says that um, not to traffic in trauma porn as a Black play playwright is an act of resistance. Mm -hmm. I hear that. I feel that. <laughs> yeah, so, it absolutely. Reminds me, it reminds me of uh, a lot of the LGBTQ um, uh, content that's it's like every ep every video everything is about coming out everything is about coming out and right. not about just living um yeah. and, and now now that's changing so this you're absolutely right and, and I, we've seen a little bit of that in movies and, and those movies go on to do very well and um can you talk a little bit about so it's it's seven black men who are actors are they going to be on stage some of sometimes they're by themselves sometimes they're intermingled yeah yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So there, there are um, there are specific scenes in the play. So we're in their neighborhood. We're in a very small part of their gentrifying neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And so um, the the set takes us to um, a, a street. They're waiting for a bus. Um, there's a supermarket where someone works. There's a barber shop, and there are conversations there. Um, and so we're really just guests in their lives, in their neighborhood. And yeah. so just the same way that your day is moments where you're alone, you and I are each alone talking. And then in 20 minutes, you're going to have a meeting and bunches of people are going to come. That's exactly what happens in the play is everyone moves through their day in pairs, in trios, in families, alone. Um, because it's, it's really just, we are guests in their lives for one day where they live. And it's what I love so much about the, first of all, normalizing black life mm -hmm. is absolutely paramount as we move forward and we start looking at what is arts and culture? What is, what are arts and culture? If, if they are only from the you know, white European gaze, well, why is that painting beautiful? Why is that book important? Why is that play a classic? If we don't use this shutdown to come back as storytellers, as theater makers, or as filmmakers, and have a different lens than we left with, with then this will all have been for naught. And so first and foremost, it's taking a black playwright, a black director, an all black cast, and then not making a not not making that the point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is a beautifully written play about a group of men and their everyday lives, and normalizing that and making that mundane is actually quite um, avant garde. Yeah, and 
then within the play, Keenan has used his own very particular writing of voice. And it's a voice that is quite unique and quite distinct. He has, um, he has a background as a slam poet. Um, and so some of his language is very rhythmic. One of his characters has, has a sort of a, a patois of spoken word. Uh, so the way Keenan plays with language, again, I'm the, I'm the daughter of a college English professor. So words and language really come off the page for me. And so I think what people are going to be just bowled over by is Keenan's use of language and tempo and timing. It's almost rhythmic. It's, it, the play feels like dancing in places because of the way he pumps language and, and paces it and it's fascinating. So that's something people are going to, I think, really respond to. And I think it's very unique in Keenan's voice as a writer. Yeah, it, it sounds like this is gonna be such the hot ticket, you know, it's gonna be yeah. a place hard to get into. You're gonna be hit up a lot. I'm gonna do it now. Um, I'd like to see it. Yes. <laughs> tickets, I will. You are invited. You. Um, and then I, we only have a, a little time on this call. We'll definitely do more because I wanna have some sort of like a, 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 a recurring thing with you if you, if you, if you, I would, you'll do it. My goodness, yes. Um, so just wrapping up, Samira Wiley, we know her from Orange is the New Black and from Handmaid's Tale, which is, by the way, her agent is phenomenal <laughs> because those are two incredible uh, series to be on. Um, is it a, just a matter of she knew somebody associated with the play or is it, is so it yeah, how does she get in? It's an interesting, so uh, as you know from our prior conversation, in this office at Plate Spinner Productions, we have always, like you, we, we are always looking for impact as well as um, making good shows that make money. Um, and because people of color, women, indigenous people are all vastly underrepresented, not just in what goes on stage, but in the business of our business. And so what our goal is, is to find avenues for new people to come to Broadway in whatever capacity, because there's room all the way up and down the org chart um, to bring new people into the industry so that we have more representation, so that we have more participation and more access. And so one of the ways that we can do that is on the producing level. So the producers are above the title, right? If you look at a playbill page, you see all these names, right? Present and then the title. So above the title producing or billing um, is usually, I, I don't know what the number is, I'm just gonna guess. I, I bet it's 99% white. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that we wanted to do was to reach out to storytellers of color and say, would you like to be involved in Broadway? Would you like to um, you know, be part of opening Broadway in a new way. being And so we had this title um, and either through agents we work with, because we work with a lot of agents, mm -hmm. uh, artists that we work with, uh, we developed a list of people we really hoped would want to get involved in what we do um, from a producing standpoint. And um, so my partner, Brian Moreland, uh, had a conversation with Samira, sent her the play, 
She read the play and flipped over it. Um, she said, absolutely, I want to be involved. And we talked to her the same way we do any other co-producer. We sent her the paperwork. We, and now what happens when you are a celebrity co-producer, um, we ask that you help get the word out. Right. Mm -hmm. So Cheryl Lee Ralph is one of our co-producers. Mm -hmm. And on day one, Cheryl Lee was on her social media saying, I'm doing this project. Thoughts of a colored man. She was putting yeah. our key art out. So it's a it's a reciprocal relationship whereby those people may or may not financially invest in the show, but they come and join the block of producers whose job it is to make the show successful. Yeah. And then they use their platform to help move the show where it needs to go. And so Samira is an esteemed colleague on this production and has already been incredibly helpful in casting. She mm. has great ideas about casting and obviously yeah. wonderful relationships. So she chose to say, gee, I'd really like to give my input in this way. And we said, yeah. great. So um, that's how those matches got made um, and and that's something that we'll plan to do on every production in our office because that's one of the ways that we can increase the number of people of color who are participating in storytelling on Broadway. If anybody's interested in learning more about that, get in touch with me, my first name at backstagecapital.com, um, working on a couple of things there. I am gonna uh, unfortunately have to wrap up um, just because uh, I know that we can get into so, so much more. Let's figure out a cadence. Everyone else who is, has missed the first uh, interview, please go back and listen to it. This is one, uh, one of many ways that you are making sure um, that people with underrepresented, underestimated voices are getting heard in Broadway. And it is just, it's its groundbreaking. And I think it's gonna become something that is um, hopefully mimicked. And hopefully, you know, you are the open API for that. And, and, and but I want everybody to know kind of what production company is really making that, um, that a, a model. Uh, and, and so I look forward to all that you do. We will have you back. Thank uh, you. Sooner, sooner than you probably imagine. <laughs> I will come back anytime you invite me, Arlen, That's anytime up. at all. Thank you so much. And thanks to all of your listeners for having me again. I hope this is more of an interesting conversation for them to come to. Yeah. I mean, I, I know everybody's going to go and look up uh, Thoughts of a Colored Man now because yes. now you know the behind the scenes, a little bit of the behind the scenes things. We'll talk more about it as the show progresses. Uh, it's 2021. It's supposed to come out. So that's really, really cool. And I will see everybody or listen, you'll hear me soon, I guess is what I'll say. Uh, <laughs> I'll see you soon. Uh, and thanks, everyone, as always. Right. Thank you, Arlen. Be well. You too. Thanks.